I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Edge Martinez in Real Life Podcast. This episode and conversation is powered by Ducey. Yo, Mike on the podcast today. How are you, love? I'm well, love. How you doing? I'm good. I'm you know, you just call me Michael too. I just. I know, but for I have to start the. I know. I know. I'm not gonna throughout call you Killer Mike throughout all the time. Who calls you Killer? Who calls you Killer Mike? Just people who don't know you. Just random people. Killer. You know what I mean? Call you Killer. You know. I um. <laughs> Yeah, but most people just call me Michael Mike, back home. Michael, know, Michael back my home. My dad's Michael. And, I mean, my dad is Mike. My daughter is Mikey. I have a son named Michael, so I got stuck with Michael. Oh, Michael. So we know, I know you on a few different levels. Mm-hmm. I know Killer Mike, artist yeah, level. Yeah. I know you as activist, um, a creator, artist. Um, but what is your everyday real life like? My everyday real life? Yeah, like uh, what is the everyday real life? I mean, my, my everyday real life is I'm an I'm a MC. That's all I wanted to be. And, mm. um, you know, I live as, as, as free as I want to be. That's all I ever want. All I, that little nine-year-old kid that's on the cover of the album, all he wanted to be It's a great picture, MC. by the way. Yeah, thank you. His yeah. little buck teeth kid <laughs> and, um, with the horns and the halo. But, I, you know, I'm a... I'm, I'm a I'm a father to some children, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a husband to a wife. I'm a businessman in my community, you know. I'm a, I try my best to do what my grandparents said and, you know, be a, be a leader and be responsible in that community. But I just, on a daily basis, I'm doing the same thing other dads are doing, getting pissed off that my daughters are growing up and growing boobs and shit. 
And um, boobs. Know, trying to help. My, How dare they? Trying to help my sons not get so enticed by boobs they make babies early, like uh -huh. I did. You know, so just <laughs> typical black dad shit, worker cast black dad shit. But let's let's go back for a minute, cause tell me about like young Michael. I know you have a little bit of complicated. Uh... It, it's not complex to us. It's just our family. My yeah. my great grandparents, my grandmother's parents were Tuskegee Alabamians. You know, short of Macon County, they worked to sharecrop their ass off to, to get their own piece of land. That farm is still in our family to this day. And I say that because they're not just some abstract people I heard about. They were, You got sent to the country when I was a kid. Like, you got mm -hmm. sent there in the summers. You said, you just, all of a sudden, you're on 40 acres of farm. Like, shit. Ain't no pumas and breakdancing going on down here. So you had to learn shit like killing and cooking your own food, picking shit, you know? And um, I'm thankful for that as I got older because I understand all this is luxury and I and I appreciate it. You know, my grandparents raised me though. Betty Clunts and Willie Sherwood, they raised me because my mom was 16 when she had me. You know, my wow, dad. Wow, the age that you were. Yeah. yeah. And my dad was only 19. Um, he later went on to become a police officer for, uh, for a amount of time in APD. Then he went to the fire department, ended up in Atlanta Gas and Light. My mother. Um, so Flores, by nature, a serial entrepreneur, just kind of artsy, bohemian. And um, she ended up, for a short time, being a successful drug trafficker. They were never, <laughs> you know, how we woke up, I think. The way you talk about her and the positive spin. I, well, it is. It's positive. It's positive. Yeah. She was a successful drug trafficker. But she, another person could have a different perspective on the same scenario. That's their perspective on yeah, that Yeah, that's scenario. what I'm saying. Yeah, my you, mommy you, you is. You choose to present oh, yeah. it in yeah. such a positive way. Well, I choose to present it honestly as my life was, Angie. My mommy was my hero. Mm -hmm. And at the time, if you look at, this is 1989, 90, when she was, she was caught. And how old? I was 14. No, I think how I was old 14. was she? She was, if I was, if I was 15, Denise was 31. 31. Mm -hmm. Yep, she's 31 years old. And uh, the news pops up, you know, a woman arrested in Griffin, Georgia, tempted about 10 kilos of cocaine. And um, I remember my grandmother, again, my grandmother's a devout Christian. I'd never seen my grandmother go to any African spirituality or anything that was prior to Christianity until her daughter got locked up. And I remember driving to this house, and I remember my grandma coming out with a bag and candles, and it was like two chickens running around their heads when were cut off. And I'm just like, well, they're not going to eat these chickens, so this, this is some other shit. This is for something else. Like, so she temporarily switched religions. Yeah, well, she, just, she just went back to what, what we the are. The roots, right. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, so, so we believe in Jesus, but when your baby get locked up, we might have to holler at some Marisha's too, you know what I mean? But my mom came home in two weeks. The guy, man, Ralph, God bless him, he took the whole charge, and he told Could have been the, the chickens. Yeah, it could have been, you know, mm -hmm. but... He's just, he, to this day, he still has a picture of my mom up in his house. He's an amazing. He says, your mom was the most fearless woman I ever met. But I remember when she got out, I was talking to her about it. And How I was long like, was she in? It was quick. No, right? no, it was two weeks. They held her, too. He convinced them that it was all on him. When they got pulled over, she said, he told me, rather. He said, he told the police, take the money and just let us go. And, and the, the police got a little nervous, so he called someone to else to hear it. So if he made the move, but when they got there, when the second guy came, my mom and, and her guy just shut the fuck up. They just wouldn't talk. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I remember her asking, I was like, y'all got caught. I was like, Ralph took the charge. That was beautiful. He let you call on the kids. He said, yeah, them crackers still stole half the fucking money. <gasps> we didn't go down to about 10. We went down to about 20. Wow. And I was like, God damn. Like, wow. So they kept enough to, to convict him, and they, and they kept the other half of the money. And that's when I understood there ain't no good guys and bad guys. You know, it's just opportunities and opportunistic people. So when people think of the crack era, 
I encourage people whose parents were addicts, because um, my mother later suffered an addiction. I tell people, be more forgiving, because no one understood what was going on. Mm -hmm. They were just coming out of disco. They was partying, go to yeah. disco. People do a little coke shit. Next thing you know, people are freebasing. Freebasing was a little fancier thing. You had a, and next thing you know, the stems came. And when that crack hit the streets, it was just, it was, no one understood how bad. For whatever reason, white folks can do cocaine and still make it work on Mondays. You know, I don't know what the fuck, but black but, people, it just, <laughs> cocaine and us, it just didn't, it did well, not go well. But crack and, and cocaine is two different. It's not two different things. Cocaine is the, is how, is the base of making I, crack. I know, but I feel like the addiction of crack, it just grabs it hard. wholly, yeah, wholly it different. Hard. But coke's mm -hmm. still not good. Black people still don't function well on coke. Look at no. the music industry. Yeah. All the motherfuckers who had it, now they just fucked up. Fucked up all their money. It's a lot of functioning cokeheads though in the music business. A lot of I've seen a lot more of them non-function. I've seen the guys at top. True. Yeah, but, well, but all the no middle men. You couldn't see no functioning crackheads. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I've seen a couple, but most of them, most of them, most of them function in their car washes. Crackhead lives forever too now. I don't know what they put in crack, <laughs> but crack relationships oh and the crackheads that stand in front of some of my businesses, they just be there like, like, bro, you been since I was twelve. I'm still gonna be here, Mike. <laughs> oh my god. But all, all jokes aside, I'm glad that. That blight is something that has kind of cleared from our community. How did that affect you, though? How did her addiction, how did that her addiction mom, change you? Yeah. Um, it, you, you know, all heroes have a weakness, you know, mm -hmm. and what I had to understand is that many people who become addicts are not even seeking the fun as much as they're deeply sensitive people that are trying to numb the sensitivity and pain. Mm. My mother was deeply, deeply, she was an artist. She's deeply sensitive. And she didn't operate in this world. She was diagnosed with, she commit, attempted to commit suicide in front of me when I was 19. Her and my sister were arguing, she split both her wrists wide open. Yeah. In front of you or you were walking in? front of me, you in walked front of me. In. She oh. was walking down the hallway and y'all don't appreciate me, Yo, I'm about to go. And we like, oh shit. I never heard a singer spiritual to that day. I didn't think she believed in Jesus. I'm like, oh my fucking God, Denise. Mm. But um, my grandmother, I can remember being coming down, because at that time in Georgia, if you did that, they would commit you for a number of weeks to observe you and stuff. And so she's there, and there's this classic picture of my mom with both her, her wrists wrapped and just leaning on my grandmother. My grandmother's smiling. She's so happy. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Are you happy my mom's in an asylum? It was because she knew where her baby was. And her baby was her baby again. My mom didn't have any say of her whole life. My grandmother was the only person who could sign her in and out. And she was like, Mom, I'm sorry. I just made a mistake. I was just, I was just hurt at the time. And my grandma was like, nope, you're going to be in here two weeks, baby. We're going to make sure the doctors tell me you can go. Because my grandmother was a nurse by trade. So it was just hilarious to see my mother have to be someone's daughter again. But yeah. she learned. But she understood how much that hurt us. She never attempted anything like that again. But it helped me understand. Did you have to do healing though? Through, like, well, my mom, she had to do therapy. She had to join um, Narcotics Anonymous, shit like what that. Is, what about you though? Who, me? I, I just, I prayed and went, went my ass back to Morehouse, went back to school, you know? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand. Trauma, bad shit just happens. Like my, my grandparents raised, they were born in 1922, 1932. My grandmother born in 1932, grows up, you know, sharecropping getting an education because her mother b believes vehemently in it. My grandfather's father left when he was second, third grade, worked in a lumber yard, you know, a sawmill to, to f feed his two sisters. So there wasn't a lot of room for, oh, what's wrong? How can we fix it? There was, life is not fair. Mm -hmm. Bad things are going to happen. It is your job to endure those bad things, to find 
silver lining in the nose and to push forward to take care of yourself, take care of your sisters, take care of your family and community. It just was not, it wasn't that the problem was unacknowledged or ignored. It was just that why is there an expectation for life not to be hard? My grandparents never gave me the expectation. I remember saying my grandfather's life, uh, this ain't fell. Life ain't fell. There's no, I, I get that, but you're 19 years old. That's a, you laugh now and there's, and there's be you find beauty in it in terms of the relationship. No, we laughed two weeks in. Really? Yeah, hell yeah, we laughed. You done got them cut your damn wrist, you done got your fool self in here, and now bend it back over but your no life. But no fear that it would happen again? Comedy cures. Really? Yeah, yeah you, if, if it happens again, how could I fix it? If she was determined to do it, how could I, all you could do. Anger, no anger? As a child that your mother would do that in front of you, no anger towards her? No, no anger, she was my, I loved her. What I was angry, I was angry when, uh, I was angry one time my mother went, when was I angry? I was angry when she found out she, I, she dated a guy. That I looked up to. I thought he was a, he was a dope boy. He was a cool dude. Uh, he, he he was a dope man. So he's older. He's a cool dude. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the fact my mom dated him. That made me mad. That, that yeah. made you more that mad. Made me, yeah, because I knew she. Because I'm just trying to understand the makeup. And well, I get it if your grandparents uh, uh, taught you as a young child that. Well, you gotta um, understand they're my parents. She's like a big sister. Right. So they so if they taught you yeah. that, shit's hard. So no, no, not just like it, like you, shit is going to be hard the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, not not that shit's hard. It's you you have no control over anything but yourself. So when my, something hard does happen, yeah, at nineteen or at sixteen, my cousin died yesterday. I was tempted not to come here today. Today, I'm so she sorry. She died. Yeah, I appreciate you. I'm so sorry. But, but but I'm here because the same cousin that died, she was hit by a bus as a teenager and lost the use of her right arm. In desperation of trying to get the nerves back, she put boiling hot water on her arm, trying to resurrect, trying to just resurrect the nerve function, because my fucking schizophrenic uncle told her that might be the right thing to do. She made that mistake, but once she accepted that this is my life from now on, she was still my big cousin who babysat me, but she was my big cousin that introduced me to the DeBarges, had me listen to the Jackson catalog, listen to the Beastie Boys with me and Run DMC. She taught herself how to write and draw with her left hand, so I was sitting there next to her. She was teaching me how to draw. What would my cousin would have wanted me to do? Now, I didn't want to get on the plane because I felt like I'm abandoning her 88-year-old mom. I felt like I'm abandoning my two sisters, two of my five sisters. I felt like I'm abandoning her sisters who are, who are my big cousins. I mean, one of them is even my godmother. I felt like I was abandoning my family. But with that said, what would my cousin have wanted me to do? Teresa would want me to be here. She wanted me to say, rest in peace, Teresa Miller. I just saw my cousin on Thanksgiving, just prayed with her with my other cousin. So. Life is, and I've talked to her mother this morning on the way here. I talked to her sisters, and they said, Well, Mike, we're just glad our sister's not suffering anymore. And her mother says, Well, I hate to have this is my third funeral. She's buried her son, she's buried her husband, and now she's buried one of her daughters. And my family just, it's not that pain doesn't come, not that it doesn't happen. It's just that you understand that it is a part of life. And, and, and to, to, not to try to sound too stoic about it, but what can I do? You know, what, what can I, I do? I don't know that I've ever sat across from somebody who's more stoic about it. Yeah. Like, you are managing all of that yeah. unbelievably. Yeah. You got to. You just pray. Like my girl say, you pray. Or, or, or what the old folks call prayers, really meditate. You sit, you go through the feelings, you spend your first. I wondered that, like, because yeah. if you are that strong about it yeah. and you do anticipate, because we all, by the way, this, first, this whole podcast, my first episode, before I changed the name to In Real Life, it was really called We're All Gonna Die. 
That, yeah, was yeah, the yeah, yeah. that was the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because the reality of that then gives you a freedom to live your life differently when you realize our time is limited here. That really was the thought of it. Yeah, my and cousin. so I somewhat get um, your uh, just the way you maneuver through life and through these traumas. Because they are traumas. Whether you hold them as traumas or not, it is traumatic tra things that have happened. Traumatic. I yeah, the reason I can't say traumas because people like to carry that around like a Louis bag these days. Mm. Yeah, I was a chubby kid in school. I've been called fat all my life. Mm -hmm. The fuck? I, some people are, it's such a trauma. <laughs> trauma your ass to the track then. You know what I mean? Like, what can, what, what can, I, what can I fucking do? Like, yes, I you get know, that. You know, I get that. There are terrible things that happen. There are terrible things that happen. Every day. But it, and if God gives me an opportunity to wake up tomorrow, I'm going to try my best to even through the terribleness make that the best day. Do you give yourself... Is that immediately? The fact that you just lost your cousin and you're immediately here the next day. Yeah. Or the fact that you're laughing after an incident like that with your mom two weeks later. Are you, do you give yourself a permission? I'm just- Well, I don't know. I don't know if I properly grieved, you know what I mean? I yeah. know I, until I wrote Motherless or I sat and said, my mom was dead. My grandma would say I had never uttered those words. Mm. And I cried, you know, mm. for days. So I think that there, I think that like in the song Shed Tears I Have with Mozzie, I think men, especially in the South, I don't know, the, you know how, how many act outside the South that I haven't spent enough time. But in the South, black, white, you know, culturally, as a man, you're expected to, to this moment. My grandfather dies 20 years ago. My youngest sister is graduating Dillard University. He didn't die until she graduated. That's significant because when he had a heart attack, in 87, he stopped smoking cigarettes that day and immediately stopped drinking beer. He would only drink corn whiskey every now and then, but he told my sister, stop crying, don't worry. I ain't gonna die all y'all out of school. He literally died. My sister had graduated, mm -hmm. Dylan. And I'm crying, I'm fucking crying. I'm a crier in the family, I'm a crier. Really? Crying. Yeah, I'm a crier. I would've and, never thought that based yeah, no, on this. No, I'm the crier, I cry. You know, I'm just yeah. not gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna cry for days. We're gonna right. go get it out. My sister walks up to me on Shonda and she holds a hand on my back and runs and she said, well, get it all out today because tomorrow you're the leader of this family. Oof. And 20 years ago, I didn't know how to fuck. I couldn't leave myself out of this room. You know what I mean? I got a record deal and run around a party. I'm having fun. I don't know how to lead a family. And I've spent the last 20 years stepping up to that leadership and understanding it's not about me saving everybody and doing everything. It's about me being a leader on this team of people that are confidently trying to raise children to be confident and competent so that they that our family name may grow and we may not embarrass ourselves or embarrass our parents or embarrass our family. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wow. I always had this. I grew up with a lot of women, not a lot lot of men. I had um, my great grandfather was alive. He lived to 105. But I, my great grand, my grandfather, my grandfather, great grandfather, only two men that yeah. I had in my life, yeah. much older, yeah. and I always had like a sympathy for men, and maybe sympathy is like I don't know if you find that like a condescending I'm word not mad or something. Sympathy. But I had always a sympathy for men because I would see them. My grand, you know, both of them were in wars. My my great grandfather came here from Cuba in a damn little boat, and you know, like. I, I always had a sympathy for how much you have to hold or what's expected of you to hold. And um, I don't know, I just always, especially older men, if you think about the generations even before us, because you even could say, you comfortably sitting here and saying, I cried. Yeah. (laughs) Would your father or your grandfather maybe have that freedom or that comfort to be able to say that? I I don't know. But my two dads, and I say my two dads have a bio and a non-bio dad, were both huggers and kissers and lovers. Oh, so you of, had a different family. experience yeah. than what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, but but they are going to hug and kiss you, but you get firm advice on the front or back end. Mm. So it was still you a man. You know what I mean? Uh, you're, you're, you're a man. You're expected. Now, I'm, I love you, but you are expected to get that grass cut. Or you're going to be cutting grass in the dark if you don't do it in the daylight. Whenever. I love you, but if you, if you, if you make a child then I'm not going to be the doting grandfather that takes up your slack. You're going to work and take care of these children. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was, a, there was a kindness and a tenderness to all the men. I had a lot of men in my family. I had uncles. Um, but was there an emotional, like, uh, there was were a, y'all allowed to be emotionally? You, you weren't going to out-emotion the women. That was frowned oh, yeah, upon. Yeah, yeah. That was frowned upon by the women. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you are, <laughs> That's you, true. We do do that. Yeah, but you. That's you, part of the. Yeah, you could get it out. Part of the position we put you in. Yeah, my family, my family, you get you do get one good, get it out. Go ahead and get the crowd, and then you have to take care of these women and children. Mm -hmm. So you know whatever you need to get out, just get it out, and that's what my song "Shed Tears" is about. Going in the bathroom, as men sometimes, and sometimes you just got to go in the bathroom, look in the mirror, man, and get the crowd. Because on the other side of that door is your responsibility, the people you're accountable for, the people you're accountable to. Is that enough to be healthy? That I don't know. If not, I know. Moneybag Yo talked about that on our episode too, because he had a lot of loss recently. Yeah. That, you know, and he talks about being being in a meeting and walking, being like, "I'll be right back," going to the bathroom, getting the cry Get out, out, yeah, and then coming yeah. back. So I'm assuming that that is way more common than we know, especially of our generation it of is. men. No, I think men. I think it goes back further. I think men. I think this has been a coping mechanism longer. But you, you're a man. Fuck, I'm gonna do sit here and have a crying contest with my woman all day. It's somebody got to get up. You know, she got to get up and tend to these children. She got to still make sure that dinner's gonna hit her. She still got to make sure the finance and everything managing out. I can't manage to get my ass up and get to work. I got to get to work. Mm. You know, my cousin gone. What they saying about the, the, the dead bury the dead. You know what I mean? That's just, she, she's gone. There's nothing I can do about it. But she lives on through me, through her nieces, her nephews. I'm gonna go to the funeral. I'm gonna shed some tears remembering my cousin. But I still got to be there for her mother. I still got to be there for my auntie. I still got to be there for my sister. So I don't uh, you as don't waste your time crying. You know, just cry, get it out, let it be effective, breathe, meditate on it, pray. But you got to get back to living right. while you're alive. You got to make sure that the children under you, the woman or women next to you, however my brother's rolling, you got to make sure that you are a cornerstone for them. Mm -hmm. You know, I that's get all. that. Death is really hard. Uh, it, I think it's one of the hardest things, and it's guaranteed. Yeah, you know, you know every what's at the end of the movie. Us, yeah. it, we know how this ends for yeah. every single person in the room, for all of us, and yet I don't think we've uh, figured out how to emotionally, or maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe it is supposed mm -hmm. to hurt us and be painful. My grandmother mourned her mother to the day she died. It, my grandmother died in my arms at 79 years old, walking up a hill, mm -hmm. and to the day she died, she would say, "I miss my mom." Did she say actually say that? I miss my mom. My grandmother would go into her bathroom sometimes, and you just hear her wailing. She prayed like you yourself, like you know, put yourself in the closet to pray. You get away from people because she just she genuinely missed her mother. She mm -hmm. just genuinely missed her. My mama and I had my mommy Denise had one of the biggest arguments ever <laughs> after my grandmother died, and she told me something. I hit me so hard wearing a limousine, so I was my mom. My autistic uncle, me and my autistic uncle, who thinks he's like my big uncle still. And he's mm. trying to call, he'll, he'll call me four times a day. I'm checking on you. Don't you let nobody use you. Don't you know? And I'm just like, okay, aunt. yes, sir. I got you, aunt. She's like, God damn it. I can't even mourn my mama right here. My uncle's trying to give advice. She said, shut up. I done had to fight for you my whole life. Your ass, I'm fighting as we kids when people picking on you. And I'm just like, oh, shit. So in the moment of sadness, I am bawling, laughing, just like, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. And finally, I'm trying to interject with her like, mama, you can't do it. You shut the fuck up, too. My mama, my mama should have died with me. I would, And I'm just thinking, what the fuck? I'm like, I didn't want to be on death duty. I didn't want to be, and she says, you don't understand. You think your mama died, but that was my mama. 
when I die, you're going to understand the feeling I have. Mm -hmm. And I just thought to myself, get the fuck out of here. Because again, she's like a big sister to me in many ways. She's yeah. only 16 years old to me. So now it's me, her, and my autistic uncle arguing over who misses my grandmother the most. Oh, it is divine comedy at this point. <laughs> and um, There's a line in the, it's still Magnolias that laughter through tears is like the best emotion. Yeah, yes. There's when, something about that. When you're in deep is. pain to be able to laugh, it's like, whoo. I know my grandmother would have laughed at us and called us yeah. all crazy. But when my mother died, I was on a plane from Europe trying to get back here. Um, my boy Sleep, who y'all hear me rap about in my music, Sleep, made it to the hospital, hit the FaceTime before we got on the ground. I was FaceTime with my mother. She was in a coma. I started talking to her, and she started smiling. And you could tell, where however deep the coma, she was hearing me. And um, she left me. And in the moment she left, she was right. I've never felt that emptiness, and it has never went anywhere, mm -hmm. and it is there. And man, I, I just wish I could um I just wish I could call and say you're right. Mm, she probably knows. It fucked me up, girl. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I tell like it, yeah. like you going, it was like, man, I lost my coach. Mm. You know, I lost my coach. And her and my grandmother being gone was just the biggest fear I've I'd ever had. And mm -hmm. now they gone, I face life's greatest fear. Now I just don't want to have to bury my children. So yeah. God willing, you know. How are you managing to. through that? Oh, uh, man, you just, you know, you manage. That's all. You just manage. You have to. Sorry, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, you have to. I have. I'm sorry. No, it's all mm -hmm. good. Yo, death, I, is, death is tough. Man. Yeah. That's but the hardest it's, thing. It, you know, it's not the death I miss. It's just that it's that I, I, I still hear their voices. I still see the advice around me. They told me about, you know, my life. It's just the, the, the absence of the physical presence to be able to affirm, mm -hmm. to say, hey, I, I love you. I need you to know I love you. you know, mm -hmm. I, need, I need to pull up on my mother on a Sunday like I used to and just listen to old music and sit in the back of the truck or in the car and just say, man, you was right about that one. You were right. Just, it's that one specific thing you want to get right. You want her it. to know. I just want to know you <laughs> That's right. the one thing that like, sticks. I got you. I got you. Of dude. all the things and the conversations you've had, that is the right. one. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I took a lot of her advice, you know what I mean? But just just that one, I didn't, I didn't, I, I knew I loved my mother deeply. I didn't understand how deeply mm. until, I, until I was without. And I knew how everybody who knows, knows Michael Denise were in love. Like, I love my mother. Like, you. I don't give a fuck how much cocaine she sold. That's my, that's my girl. I don't give a fuck how big the flower arrangement she made was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that it was that was it. She was if she would have never made it. She was a florist by nature. Mm -hmm. I mean by trade. I'm just like she was my girl. I cheered for her. She cheered for me. I, she was the first person I told I wanted to be an MC. You know what I mean? She was smoking a joint. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we all do. And she that was '84. She had me at the Fresh Fest in '85. She had me and my little cousin, my cousin, my, my, my cousin was the same age, Jimmy, um, <laughs> dropped our ass to the Omni and was like, yo, you little niggas take y'all ass in there. Y'all, these your seats. This is how you get a ticket in your seats. And when you done, have your ass back on this corner. Like that was, that was the, and I'm just like, you know, LP's my rap partner. Shouts out, run the jewels. God bless, man. Yeah. L, L's mom didn't let him go to the Fresh Fest. 
You know what I'm saying? Elle's mom was an adult, though. You know, my mom was fucking 26. You know what I mean? She was, she was, she was my daughter's age now. In the, you know? in the street. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I just, I, I, I do just because I, I wanted, I wanted her to know that I listen. I heard you. I feel you. You got it. You got it. I believe she probably does. Yeah. I, but that's my belief. Well, well I, I believe it too. My, yeah, um, yeah. my grandmother, my grandmother came to me after she was gone in a dream. And again, I'm from a devoutly Southern Christian family. And my aunt, who's, whose daughter passed, who I'm going to go see the time I get back to Atlanta, my aunt Todd, I told her, I said, she came to me. I said, I was trying to communicate. But she said, yeah, they do that. She said they do that. But they only show themselves in times of trouble. Mm-hmm. And it, it fucked me up. She said, yeah. She said, she said, yeah, I'll never really go nowhere. She said, but she's not going to be there every day. She said, but she's there, but she, in times of trouble. And in times of trouble, my grandmother's come to me and dream. Wow. You know, so wow. I'm a believer. I know that this ain't the only life. I know that something passed this, but man, I just miss. You miss them. Miss them. But it's funny when you think about what she said to you and how much it resonates even now. You wish she could know that that she was right about it. Nobody. Could, I've been blessed. My mom is. My mom raised me single mother, and she's still with me and young. And I pray I'll have a long time with her. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I don't think no matter how much somebody prepares you, even your own mother saying <laughs> you'll see when I'm not here. How, I don't think, until, and but I know friends who've lost parents and losing a parent, that type of grief, even my mother losing my grandmother who yeah. I miss, watching my mother go through that, there's something about losing a parent that there's just no way you could possibly, from the outside, understand that until you have experienced yourself. Yeah, it rips, it rips yourself. your heart out. Yeah, it, yeah, it rips yeah. your heart out. There's no way, like you said, yeah. your grandmother till the day she died was yeah, still missing her, her mom. mom. Yeah. And I've watched so many friends, especially because the age group we're in now, right? Yeah. I'm watching friends lose parents. Parents have dementia or parents are in facilities. You know, we're watching that a lot more at our age group. Um, And yeah, it's just something you never could prepare for. Your kids will never, as much as your kids love you, until the day you're not here, they're not going to know what that feels like. And so that's just how it goes. It's just the circle of life. It's the unfortunate thing that we can't know it. But that's why it's important to share the story. Absolutely, absolutely. And if inspire people to think about it before. Yeah, if it your parents actually... still alive, man, y'all got some beef, man. Just you know, figure that shit out, holler yeah. at each other, mm-hmm. you know. And, and because man, when they go, you know, it's, it's, they gone, and it's, you gonna feel it. That's so funny you say that because I have one of my episodes with Kelly. I talked about this story about my father. I thought my father was dead till the time I was ten, and I found that he was alive recently, a couple years ago, living in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I haven't really had a need to. Reconnect because like you wasn't. I always there. encourage people too. I, 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 yeah, I, but I, not but you saying I have a the fr- thought of them being gone completely. I, I, I have don't know how that I would love affect me dearly. Mm-hmm. Who her biological father is um, dying, and I'm encouraging her. Go, go. Even you know now her dad is not her biological dad, but her biological dad. She never knew him. Anything. Why do you? Why do you? Encourage because it? because because everyone deserves to know where they're from or have some questions. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. 
For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Answer. You know, even if, even if your dad, by circumstance or on purpose, was an asshole to just pull himself, someone around him loves you and cares about you that you may not have ever met. And then you might have some questions or that person may have something to express. Mm -hmm. And that's just my thought because um, I have two dads. I literally have two dads. Mm -hmm. And my mom made sure good men were my life and raised me. And I couldn't imagine them leaving and not having the opportunity to impart me with certain wisdom and me have an opportunity to say to them. I tell both my dads often, like, I love you. I don't know what you think of the job you did, but I'm just here to tell you, you did a great fucking job, man. You know what I'm saying? What a good son you yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, because it, I understand I understand what it's like. I'm an adult. I have four children of my own. I'm not married to any of their mothers. I get it. You know what I'm saying? So I get the, the struggle, the strife. You know, my grandfather would tell my dad, hey, Mike has, Michael has two daughters, um, two sisters by his mother and three sisters by you. All these girls need to know each other. And my dad, you know, your dads and moms be beefing. He wasn't getting all the girls together. He wasn't. And now that we are adults, all my sisters know one another. We're at my house. They're at, we're at games and stuff. You Absolutely. pulled them together? Because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. my, my children, I encourage to have a relationship outside of me. 
You know what I mean? Two of them have the same mothers, the other two do not. But they, for my four children, have a relationship outside of me. That's one of my greatest accomplishments. Mm. Like, I can, I can die happy because I know that my children are united. They're bonded. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So Their whole yeah, life, right? Their whole life. Yeah. Their whole life. You know what I mean? They just, you don't have no halves, no step. Them your, those are your brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the fuck it is. So, you know, if you, and, if you and your baby daddy got beef, y'all handle that lame shit after the barbecue. Yeah. But we expect you guys to show up with these children. And whoever don't want to show up, that's fine. But these children are expected to be here because they have a family. They have, they have, we have Tuskegee. We have, you know, we have history. I know who my grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents were. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I've, I've, you know you're I, lucky because a lot I do of, know I'm lucky. Yeah, that And that's is, why I don't treat it lightly. That is a blessing that not everybody has, especially when so many families are blended. Yeah. This don't speak to this. I have a cousin that yeah. over there I never met, a brother yeah. that I never that's met, a sister. Good. That's not good. And families yeah. are broken. And, yeah. and it's... Um, and they don't have to be. Everybody don't have to be together. And you do lose the history yeah. when your families are yeah. so broken. I mean, sometimes it has to be broken because people have... Well, no, I'm just saying that there problem, can be ambassadors from different sides. Abuse. There's all types yeah. of reasons why families, whatever, fall yeah. apart. But you do lose the, yeah. hi the history yeah. when you don't keep the legacy yeah. and the generations kind of connected. Yeah. So that's, uh, I don't know, something to learn from. Yeah. Um, what do you, how are you as a dad? I think I'm dope. Yeah, like if My you had kid. to rate your, <laughs> if you had to rate your dadness. I don't, I don't, I felt very guilty for having to travel so much in their lives. Mm. Um, you know, early touring, independent artists, that stuff. Um, but in terms of can my kids come and holler at me about whatever? Absolutely. Mm. Can't, do I try my best to steer them in a ways to avoid the dumb mistakes I've made? Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, my youngest daughter, Mikey, says, you, you're pretty cool, old man. So, That's good. You she know, calls you old man. And, yeah, I love she that. calls me old man. All right, I got some in real life questions for you, my gotcha. dear. Gotcha, what we got? I just want to talk about, like, the spirit of your activism. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... Um, we had um, Tamika Mallory was one of my first guests on the pod. I love Tamika. Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah. She, um, she internalized a lot of the work she's done and yeah. has dealt with, um, you know, she's on the front lines of a lot she of stuff. She gets beat up for a lot of shit she shouldn't she get gets, beat up for. Number one, yeah. she gets beat up. Yeah. And then number two, she sees a lot of trauma. Yeah, There's does. trauma. I know you don't like to. Well, it's not that I don't like it. It's just I, I can't, you know. The word trauma. You know, I'm still, the like you my, your like trauma. my sister tell me, you're still a man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you still, man. Got to, you still got to get up and go to work. But she was honest about the work that she's done and being on the front lines and stuff, that, that a lot of the trauma was starting to affect her. Like yeah. She wasn't sleeping. She started taking pills. At one point, she had a struggle with that, which a lot of people didn't, don't even know. Yeah. Um, and some depression. Yeah. And yeah. that work is just can be... It can be brutal. Brutal. P people so, like her, my son, people like Senator Nina Turner, people like, oh man, the much unheralded. And you need to get her on the show. Um, Teslin Figaro, mm -hmm. just in the trenches working. Mm -hmm. You know, Teslin was working with her mama died of cancer. Teslin was working with a former old man that she's been working. You know, and, 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 and thank God we know Tamika, and more of us should know the Teslins because these women and these men mm -hmm. are out here working. I and, look at, do you know Erica Ford? Uh -huh. She just had a severe health crisis because of the work for so yeah. long, beating up on herself, beating up on her body. It's just until now, after decades of yeah. work, that she's like in this healing process. Erica of, Garner, Eric Garner's daughter. Yes, died, Erica Garner. Died, an advocate. So I just, I want to tell people, give organizers some grace. I saw... The bullshit that Tamika and Tesla endured. I saw the bullshit that Tamika endured because Cadillac gave her a commercial to dare to tell black people that you can think and be bigger. Cadillac 
should have done that. Black people saved that company twice. You know, it, back in what, 70, 80 years ago, Lincoln and Chrysler were going to put Cadillac out of business. Mm. It took, they wouldn't sell to black people. It took a man from Switzerland or somewhere to come over here and get over this island. Hell no, why the fuck aren't we selling cars to black folks? And then, wasn't nobody trying to get in Cadillacs when they, before the Escalade dropped? Mm. Rappers had moved on to big Benzes and all type of stuff. And the Escalade drops, the next thing you know, it's in Nelly videos and mm. Cass videos. And, and so Cadillac, I would expect, if I was a black customer, I'm buying the, 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 the Escalade V. I want to see more Tamika Mallory's, yeah. not less. And the people that criticized her are foolish because, you know, you look at it like, oh, she sold us out and she got a check. Now she's still on the front lines. Mm -hmm. She's still, she still getting her ass kicked daily. Why are we mad that she getting a, that, that finally they got a vehicle for that's gonna make, that's not going to run out of gas. Yeah. Or it's not going, you know, I just want to say it's very easy to be critical of these people that are organizing when you're behind your keyboards, you're looking at television but doing the work. That's why I don't let people call me an organizer. I'm a mobilizer. I show up, I know it's gonna get a few extra thousand people there. I know that if I say something, once educated by the organizer, I know it has longevity and it's mm -hmm. gonna go out. But the people are organizing every day. That's their job. Mm -hmm. Every week, they're reporting. Every month, they're trying. Every year, they're pushing. And to me, that deserves some grace. Whether you even agree with them or not, it yes. deserves some grace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because even if the, the the way the thing the way social media in the world is set up, everything is so polarizing now. With well, the, someone's profiting from your polarization, so yeah. just know that you know yeah, a lot of a lot of times you think you're um you think you're you think you're keeping something in check, but you're being kept in check mm -hmm. because if if you don't, that's why I encourage people to build one on one relationships with people who are not like them. Like you need a one on one relationship with someone who's not of your religion, not of your ethnic background, not of even your political beliefs. Because once you start to know that person, you're going to start to find commonality. Mm -hmm. And that commonality is going to make it less easy for you to carry your pride, ego, bigotry, and prejudice into situations with people who are from their community. Yeah. You're going to have to come in with an open mind and an open heart. Especially with what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. It is so easy to just pick a side. It is. And yeah. not even look at the other side. Yeah. And not what's even crazy, empathize. The, the masters yeah. don't care about either side. The masters no more cared about Irish immigrants than they did the, 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 the slaves um, that looked like me. They cared about them getting together and fraternizing on Sundays, mm. which is why they put, say, you guys are now going to be white. You guys are going to remain Negroes. Because if the proletariat ever figures out that the same masters are fucking us all over, you might wake up and kill your masters. And that's what they truly fear. Woo! Um... This is a good question for you, nice and light. Well, I ask this all the time. I usually start my interviews with this. I forgot to start today. And this would have actually opened up because of what you just experienced. But I ask everybody, how happy are you on a scale of 1 to 10 today? How happy I am on a scale of 1 to 10 today? Today. I'm out of slick 5. Oh, 5. I'm on average, you know what I mean? Yeah. I could do better. Well, you've, you know, you're dealing also with yeah. bad I, news. I, yeah, I think I got to start... Um, my grandma, I think I finally got into the era where she says, be selfish. You have to be selfish with yourself. So I think it's, I think, you know how people set their they next year's goals. I think I'm going to focus a little more on Michael. 2024? Yeah, what truly makes me happy and let me do that. Because as a guy, you think about what you want and what makes you happy, and then you start thinking, well, what does my mom want? What does my girl want? What does my sister want? What kids want? But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be a little more selfish. Selfish in 2024. That's yeah, one of your... Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that for you. Yeah. You've earned that. <laughs> You've earned that. 
Um, so a five, is that an average number for you? I have five's average. Really? That's good. Let's get you to like a seven or an eight. Or uh, let's see. Well, we'll see how good the weed is I bought earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you pray for most in real life? What do I pray for? Mm -hmm. um, I, I know God has a purpose for me, and I don't know what it is. I know I'm on a journey, and I don't know where I'm going. So I just pray that God stays with me throughout it. In real life, when are you your happiest? When, when, I'm, when I'm, I at my happiest in real life, mm -hmm. oh man, when I get to see the kids, drive muscle cars, <laughs> read a cool book or watch an interesting movie, smoke good weed, and hang out with a bunch of naked girls all in the same day. And my wife is usually around too. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a day. That's a hell of a day, but that's been some days for me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if this was earlier in the pod, I might dive into your relationship with your wife and how you find peace in that, because does that ever cause conflict? No. Conflicts ought to come, you know? Oh, yeah, no matter Sometimes what, right? With a woman? Yeah. If you live with a woman, she's going to be conflicted by, how did your hair, uh, your hair looks nice. Well, you didn't tell me when I first walked in the door. Well, Fucking pardon me, bro. I just didn't, you didn't, I, I was waiting to, and so you know, you just never know. But but when you add other naked women to the equation, does yeah. that not uh, leave more room for uh, conflict to arise? I don't, I don't know. I just know, man. When we're in the blue flame, we both be happy. Damn, she don't have to pay for her dances. And I just know, you know, I just know me. I'm still the mischief. My mom caught me reading Playboy at ten, and because I was reading, I remember talking to my dad. She was like, you know, you know, he got one of your books. He was reading. And my dad's looking like, you know, like a, like any stupid guy, like, oh, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. slick, you got to be proud of your boy. And I was like, I know he likes tits, you know what I mean? But <laughs> my, she's like, so what you want to do? And she's like, well, he was reading. Mm -hmm. And I can't take that from him, you know what I mean? I, so I was just like, I was like, so Playboy's cool? She's like, yeah, Playboy's cool. Penthouse is not cool. Hustler's not cool. But Playboy, you got the thumbs up. So <laughs> I've been a Playboy reader since then. So, you know, if you... If you marry me, you got to understand it. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why your relationship works? Because you've been married for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I think it works because agree or disagree, um, I'm, I'm able to state how I feel. And that's, you know, sometimes you're saving other people, so, so it's not always. But when I'm able, when I, when I feel like it, that the, uh, there's an ear there to hear. But we 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 a typical couple. We done went through all the all the bullshit, all the ups and the downs. And then we got married high as fucking Vegas at three in the morning. We beat, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know, there's a bit of non-traditionalism that comes with it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just I'm very uncomfortable. I'm very comfortable in the tradition of family. I'm just not comfortable in a traditional family. You understand what I'm saying? I'm I do. never. I'm yeah. I'm never going to be that husband. I don't expect you to be that wife in that way. So you 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 find someone that balances out. You know, I'm a, I'm an early riser. She's not, you know. So I'll get up and get on the plane early. She won't. I'll see you later. And you have to get comfortable with those things. And it's just about balance. But it clearly works for her. Otherwise, yeah, this wouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah. This it's marriage working. wouldn't yeah. have worked. Yeah, I told her I wouldn't do this with anybody else though. It's just one time. What marriage? Yeah, I wouldn't do this. With this is it. Yeah, so I don't even. I tell young men all the time. I don't, do don't do it. Why? There's no advantage in it for you. Why would you? Well, why did you? Because I, I, I knew that that was an advantage. Like this, like you the one. 
Like uh, you the one. Like I can live my best I, life. I, bitch, I live the one. You the one. You, the, you know. And some days, like man, you ain't the one. You like nigga, you ain't the one either. You know what I mean? But let's <laughs> see them. You know, she she is um for me. She has been able to accept a, a lot of the parts of me that the world and other people are not as accepting of. And so for me, she was the one, but would I do this with anybody else? Nah, like, mm. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's cool, but you know, I think young men should focus on themselves. The more I told my sons, I don't even really want y'all in no relationships to you in your late 20s or early 30s. I don't want you having no children to you in your mid-30s or 40s, because I want you to give so much to yourself that by the time you're ready to slow down, you're ready. And then you need to be honest, like with, with, with the woman you with. Like you need to say, hey, baby, this, I like you, this cool, but you're never going to be all I need. Now, you got to understand, mm. I might need something else. And, and you or her going to have to figure that out. That's <laughs> out the NH. Life is short. If you find happiness and you find joy and you find somebody that is okay by your rules and your standards to do it with you, then, I'm then live you what, your life. You go on the little pro polygamy pages on Instagram, all them couples be smiling. They be, they be in their matching, <laughs> matching crystal pajamas and shit together. Oh, Anybody who know me knows Shay Bigger is my age, though. We're a package deal. So looking at your life in real life, like, what, what do you hope people take from your life and your story at the end of the day? Oh, man. Um... Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing impossible. Mm. Oh man, a little black bucktooth boy from the west side of Atlanta, man, has grown to be one of the most influential pe people on social level. He's grown to be a business person. He's grown to make his family proud. Has figured out blending this big family of kids who ain't got the same mamas and mm. you know. It's just nothing's impossible. But you, you you gotta get up every day. And my team says this: they put one foot in front of the other. Wishing for it is not enough. If you want to see the world change, start with the street you live on. You know, mm -hmm. if we all do a little bit, no one has to do a lot. And you got to plot, plan, strategize, organize, mobilize at every step of the way. Mm -hmm. You know, and then just on the personal, what I'm learning is, man, my grandma, take care of yourself first. Be selfish with yourself, baby. Mm -hmm. That's what I wish for you in 2024. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I need you at eight when I see you. Next I got time. you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Michael, everyone. Michael. <laughs> Yeah. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.